Well, I tell you, I like, uh, that's great, thank you. I love Sean Colvin, I like all of his music. But um, <laughs> I was the one he was talking about. Um, cli- climb on a back that is strong. What a great song, really, that is. And uh, that's what we're talking about. Uh, not just climbing on a back that's strong, but sometimes it's being that back that someone's climbing onto, figuratively speaking, of course. So we're talking about encouragement. Number, week number five, what is church and why should I care? It's about encouragement because we live in a broken world. Um, I, I, one of the things that you, I hope you received, we do this thing every week uh, called This Week at Renaissance. It's an, an email you can subscribe to it very easily by clicking on our website and it tells you how to do that. And it's worth it because uh, for a number of reasons, but one of them is the quotes of the week that I, you know, I've mentioned before that I worked pretty hard to find. The one this week is so good, I want to just repeat it this morning because it's, uh, I didn't say it, but it's, it's good. Watch this. Most of us swimming against the tides of trouble the world knows nothing about need only a bit of praise or encouragement and we will make the goal. How many times have you felt that way? Just need a little encouragement. Don't need much. Just need a little bit. That's church. That's what church is for. Sometimes we don't think of it that way, and I'm sorry for that. And some of you think, that's what church is for? I thought it was just to tell people they're filthy, dirty, rotten sinners. Well, we are sinners. We're all sinners. And certainly we need to come to grips with that. But hopefully we can do so in a safe, grace-filled environment so that we can be encouraged with our current state and, and where we are. You know, in a broken world, there needs to be a place for restoration. There really does. There needs to be a place for refreshment, a place for encouragement. Um, this will be a place where we can seek encouragement without hiding, without covering up, without thinking we have to, you know, paint on some smile that really we don't feel like doing. But we need to do that in an environment of grace, sort of with under, a, under a blanket of hope. And, and I really believe there's one place and one place alone that, that's supposed to be that, and it's gotten lost in the last few hundred years. That one place is to be the church. Now, let's take that a step further. I'm going to talk more about this in just a moment. I'm going to give you a little preview. Um, hopefully, your home will be just a little mini view of what church should be in terms of restoration and refreshment and, and um, encouragement under, under a blanket of hope and so forth. The church is the place that, 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 that encourages, that cheers, that gives some attaboys, that encourages us when we stumble, sometimes when we hurt, sometimes picks us up when we fall. That's the church. That's what it's supposed to be according to the Bible. Now, I'm going to take you to one passage. I got a very simple message this morning. It's about encouragement and where that happens and, and how that happens, all right? I want to take you to one passage of Scripture. There's a, a, a lot more that I have for you that are um, on the website, on uh, uh, Action Steps. Again, go to Action Steps. Go to our website, go to Action Steps, and uh, you'll see I've got a lot more verses there for you. And uh, by the way, random thought, just not a random thought, uh, just so you'll know, when you go to Action Steps, uh, this is the opening weekend of the Da Vinci Code, and a lot of folks are all whatever. Uh, um, 
I got you, and I'm, we're not going to talk about that. There, by the way, did, did you know it was a novel? Just wanted you to know that. By the way, did you know a novel was fiction? Just wanted you to know that. Anyway, um, go there, and I got a website you can check out that is uh, that, that's a really great website from, from a seminary that I respect, and it uh, tells you a lot of things you can read about that. So that's all in action steps. But also, you'll see all these verses that are there that have to do with encouragement. So that's a good exercise to do. But why don't, I want to just center in on on really three verses from the book of Hebrews this morning that I, that I just find great comfort, great encouragement, great teaching in that talk about church. And whenever I talk about church, I'm not talking about just Renaissance church or, or first church or this church or second church or third church. I'm talking about church. I'm talking about people of faith in Jesus. I'm talking about you and me. We're in different spectrums. We're in different places along that journey. We're, we're in all kinds of different places. And we come in all sizes. And we come at all different, different points of growth or lack of. That's great. That's what church should be. So I'm talking about you. You say, well, I don't really, I'm not really into church. You don't have to be. You're still a person. And, and, and you, that's, that's who I'm talking to. So I'm using them under this, under this, so to speak, blanket of church. But let me show you this passage. It's in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 23. Without wavering... Let us hold tightly to the hope we say we have. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Watch this. Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. Isn't that neat? Keep reading. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage and warn and warn each other, especially now that the day is drawing near. What day is he speaking of? Speaking of when when Christ comes back to earth, you could easily interpret that to mean as you get closer to the day when you're going to meet your maker, which is whether it's Jesus coming back to earth or whether you're going to die, which this is supposed to be an encouraging place. And I hate to tell you this, but that's something that's going to happen to all of us at some point, you know? Gets you think a little more about that from time to time, this side of 50, so don't worry too much about it, okay? But, but unfortunately, that's not always the case, as we know. There's, there's a lot of other things that can happen. We never know, and we never know when we're going to meet, meet Christ, and, and, and I think you understand that. But there we go. That's a great passage of Scripture, and it tells us just, just a couple things we have highlighted there. Think of ways to encourage one another. That's what church is for. And, you know, where, you say, where did this whole thing come of putting us on guilt trips and putting us on this kind of trip and, and you know, manipulating us and doing all that? You know, there's some reasons for that. None of them are good. It's, it sort of happened over a period of years, hundreds of years at the time. Uh, but the point being, it's not supposed to be that way, and we need to understand that. So he says, think of ways to encourage one another to outburst of love and good deeds. Think of ways to do that. And then let us not neglect our... Me- you know, now, some people read this verse, just to give you a little insight here. Some people read verse 25 and they say, think of ways, uh, or let us not neglect our meeting together. Some people will say, see, that's where we're supposed to go to church. And sometimes you'll hear in some churches, you've never heard this here, but sometimes you'll hear in some churches where, where um, people say, see right there, it says we shouldn't neglect our meeting together. We should come together, okay? And, and so forth. We need to come to church. He's not just talking about Sunday morning, Okay? He's talking about the whole concept of getting together with other individuals, not necessarily corporately. Maybe it's one or two. Maybe it's on the golf course. Maybe it's at uh, Starbucks. Maybe it's at spa night. Maybe it's at another spa. Maybe it's here. Maybe it's there. Maybe it's somewhere else. I don't know. But the whole concept of getting together 
for the purpose of encouraging one another. For what? For outbursts of kindness and love and good deeds. That's what, that's what it's about. Um, and then lastly, the last thing there, he says, um, and as some people do, but encourage and warn each other. Sometimes that encouragement means, don't, you know, we, we warn each other. You shouldn't do that. Why? Well, because it's wrong. Well, so what? Because it'll cause pain. And I've experienced that pain. And I know what you're, the, the way that you're going, you're going to do that if you don't change. Yeah, is it a guilt trip? No, it's not a guilt trip. It's a matter of there are certain principles in action. And when those are violated, it doesn't matter whether you're... I don't mean this disrespectfully. I don't, it doesn't matter whether you're the Pope of Rome or, or Joe Blow. Certain, certain violations, you know, when you run into a wall at 50 miles per hour, certain things happen. You know, and that's the way it is also in life. When we go and we violate certain principles and, and go against a, our conscience, and, and whether that be in stealing or cheating or misleading or deceiving or, or gossiping or, or immorality or, or whatever it happens, when those things happen, certain things happen that are negative. So we need to warn each other. Not, don't do that because you'll be a bad boy or be a bad girl. That's not the point. It's because when you do that, there'll be pain, and I don't want to see you suffer pain. So there you go. There's the, there's the passage of Scripture that I want you to see. We're going to come back to that. But I want you just to see this whole thing. Church is there to be the one that says, you can do it. You can do it. You can overcome this thing. You can overcome this alcohol, this drug. You can do it. I believe in you. The church is the one that's supposed to be there saying that. Not bad boy if you do this or bad girl if you do that. But you can overcome this thing. You're not gonna, it's not going to happen overnight, but you can do this. You can be there. You can, you can overcome that lust issue. You can overcome that, that porn addiction. You can, uh, you can, you can, you can deal with that, those child-raising issues. You can do that. You can overcome that. Anybody have any child-raising issues here? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Um, and, you know, it, it's, it, in, in a sense, it's, it, it never ends. Trust me. Uh, it never ends. Um, and it, it changes from, from, from phase to phase of life. And certainly this side of 50, my wife and I look at certain things as, as they are. And, and while we're very thankful for where God has brought us and all the other kinds of things, there are other issues you deal with as parents and as grandparents and so forth. The church needs to be the one, as we talked about last week, that says you can do this thing. You can raise those kids in an environment that's going give to them, give them health mentally, physically, and spiritually. You can do that. I believe in you. You can do that. That's the church. Church is the one that's supposed to be there when we have the marriage difficulties. Not to beat us up emotionally and say, how bad are you? That's all of us. It's all of us. You know? But to be there to say, you can do this. You can do this. I've been through this, or this person's been through this, and they can help, and they can talk. That's the church, you know? The church is to be there, the one that's to be there to say, you know that jerk at work? You can deal with that. You can handle that. You can overcome. You can, you can win. You can win. I believe in you. You can do that. Even when you feel like you want to quit. You ever feel that way? Don't raise your hands. You ever feel that way? I just want to quit. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your marriage. Sometimes you want to kind of feel that way about being a parent. No, I'm just going to quit for a while. Can't really do that, although I think most parents can relate, you know. Sometimes it's about life. I just want to quit. It's, it's other people of faith. 
the church that's supposed to be, don't quit. Don't quit. You can do this thing. I believe in you. You can do that. That's the church. That's what we're there for. That's why we gather together, not just to hear great music and an occasionally good sermon, not just for that purpose. Nobody picked up on that at all, and I'm really glad. I appreciate that. Just went right over your head, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, But that's the church. Help us with those heartaches, those pains, those disappointments in life. To be there to say, you can do this. You can overcome. I want to show you something. This comes from a movie. I, re, I, I, really, I really debated whether to use this. This was usually Steve picks, and I picked this one because it's a golf movie, okay? I'm just going to be right up front with you, all right? Um, it's The Legend of Bagger Vance. And if you're not a golfer and you haven't seen the movie, you still, it's a great movie. It really is, okay? It's The Legend of Bagger Vance. And in this particular, what you're going to see, there are two guys, two of this in the 30s, I think. And there's two, two guys that are like, if, even if you're not a golfer, you know who Tiger Woods is, okay? Does everyone know who Tiger Woods is? Okay, great. Um, I looked at my. Those who I know wouldn't. Uh, Tiger Woods, th- these guys are probably the Tiger Woods and the Phil Mickelson, another great golfer like Tiger of today. These guys, Walter Hagen and Bobby Jones, were of their, of their era just huge. I mean, just megastars, okay? Well, down in this place called Savannah, Georgia, it's a great little spot if you've never been there, right? And, and, and actually, this was filmed on Jekyll Island, which we were there shortly. That's a great spot, too. And, um, and there's this guy in this story, it's a story, of, uh, who, whose name is Juna. All right, Randolph Juna, great golfer. Something happened to him. He fell off the face of the earth. He says early on, I'm not giving anything away. If you want to watch the movie, I'm not giving anything away here. He says in the very beginning, he lost his swing. You ever feel like that? I don't mean golf. I never had a, I never had a swing. I want to make that clear to my golfing friends. There. I never had a swing. But I'm talking about in life. You ever feel that way? You just lost your swing. You just lost, your, lost yourself, lost your place in life. Just kind of lost your, your groove. Uh, he's lost his swing in golf. Symbolically, I think we can all relate to that in different ways. And they're all looking at him and his community to take on the two greatest golfers in the, in the country at that time, really in the world at that time, Walter Hagen and Bobby Jones. Who's, who's, Bobby Jones is a lawyer. And it was only an amateur, but he was still like one of the greatest golfers ever. So the whole community is coming. They're, they're looking for, for Randolph Juna to, to take on these, these great golfers and win. And, and he's, he's like, I'm scared. I'm intimidated, I'm fearful, I just want to get, quote, excuse me, this bothers you, I just want to get the hell out of here, okay? I felt that way, not about golf, but about a lot of other things. I just want to leave. Watch what happens. Isn't that great? That's a church. That's what we're supposed to, hey, I believe in you. I believe in you. You can do it. You can overcome that habitual addiction that you don't think you can, whatever that is, by God's power and by God's grace and by me being there, you can overcome that. I just love that. Sometimes we need people around us who just, I really believe in you. Who doesn't need that? We we did this thing a few years ago, Charlene and I, and some of you know the story, some of you don't, if you don't. There's a CD back there you can pick up called Restoration. You can hear more of it. But after, we, after I left the church in Vail, we still were living there. And we were, we went to, uh, we were in D.C. a lot. We eventually moved there. And uh, we were with some friends. And they said, hey, you know, they knew a little bit about some of the stuff we were, had and were going through. And they said, we're going to go to this marriage thing. We want you to go with us. 
And I'm like, I'm not going to some stinking marriage thing. You know, I mean, I'm, I don't take counseling. I give it. And um, <laughs> tell you a little bit of the problem, doesn't it? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, uh, and it was, you know, it wasn't necessarily a faith-based thing. It was more of a, more of a psychological type of thing as a, and, and psychiatrist heading it up and so forth or psychologist, excuse me. And, um, and I said, oh, come on, you need a guy. I said, oh, okay, we'll go. It was a long weekend and, and it's not like we had a lot going on anyway. And, um, so we went and, but he did something that was really good. Now there were, there were a lot of good things. Some of it was BS, but some of it was really good. Okay. And, and, and one of the things that he did was, and you know, you're with about, I think, 20, 25 other couples, and you don't know, you know, we knew the couple with us, and that was it, but, but you kind of break off by yourselves in this group, and you just, where you can still have, it's not private, but you know, nobody's paying attention to everybody else, kind of like a restaurant type of thing. And he had this thing called the, the I don't know, I can't remember the, the name, but it was like a circle of affirmation. And what he would do is he'd, he'd have me, you know, each the, the husband sit, you know, in the chair and, and the wife would walk around this thing, just, just one after another of things she loved about him. You know, oh, you're great, you're this, you're that, you're a great, you're a great golfer. Well, that wasn't what Charlie told me, but I mean, it was, you're, you know, whatever it was, everything from you're a great golfer to you're a great person to you're a great father. And then the wife would sit down and then we would do that. I said, you're a great mom and you're a great wife and you're a great person. And, you know, you go just, just, you go like five minutes or 10 minutes of this, which is really kind of, kind of cool. And I'll never forget that. And I'll never forget both doing that and being the recipient of that. And it was just like, wow, that's really great to hear all that stuff. We, we, we just, for the, kind of funny, uh, after we learned that, we did that with our grandkids. We said, we're going to give you the circle. We put one of them on the, on the stool, and we're going to do a little, we were with them, and we're going to do a little, we're going to go walk around the chair and tell you how great you are. And we did that for about five minutes. You're a great young man. You're, you're smart. You're whatever he did. You're a great golfer. He thought he was a golfer. That. I mean, just all the stuff. And after about five or ten minutes of this, we stopped, and he said, can we do that again? <laughs> He, he wanted a little more. And you know what? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? That's the church. That's the church. Now, I want you to get this. And I want you to get it good. Excuse the English, but I want you to get it good, okay? In a broken world, there needs to be a place for restoration. In a dry world, there needs to be a place for refreshment. In a lonely world, there needs to be a place to know and to be known. And I want to tell you, that happens, that begins at the foot of the cross when we come to Christ, when we have a relationship with God and he indwells us and gives us an understanding of what it means to be loved unconditionally, to be accepted with all of our warts on our nose and all to be loved beyond anything that we can possibly imagine. And then we are asked, and actually I don't think we can help it, that, that spark of divinity just begins to ooze out of us to others. And then we not only receive, but we become the ones that are sitting there along the side of the roads of life going, I believe in you. That may be at my work. That may be in the circles that I travel in, people I play golf with, people I play cards with, people I go to spas with, whatever it is some of you do. Um, I didn't mean that in an ugly way. Um, wherever we walk, just in, the, just, in, just in the things of life, that becomes who we are because of what 
Christ has done in our life and in our heart. That's the issue there. That's the point. That's what we can't miss. You know what I missed? I didn't talk about the home, did I? That's to happen at home, too. You know, the home is sort of a micro, uh, just sort of a micro church. And our home should be that place. Of all places, certainly the church and the home should be the place where I believe in you, honey, kid. Not, oh, you stupid kid, you screwed up again. I believe in you. I believe you can do this. That's the church. That's the home. I believe it can't happen outside of that spark of divinity that comes when we come to Christ oozing, literally oozing out of us and who we are and what we're about. Let's pray together. I'm asking Steve and the guys to come on up. Let me, let's just pray. God, I, I just ask you that you would, you would help us to, to see these truths and not only to, to comprehend them intellectually, but to allow them to, to sink into our heart to sink into our life so that they become just part of our very fiber, part of our DNA, part of our hard drive, who we are. I just ask that for each one of us, God, and I thank you that that, that can come and does come through a relationship with Christ. As we understand, as we come to faith in who you are and what you've done for us and how you, how you died and rose again for our sins and our shortcomings and now accept us fully and wholly with, with everlasting, unconditional love. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for the love that we have through Jesus. In his name we pray and we thank you. Amen.